Hello, welcome to the OSU Sports Extra podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined by Dean Rule, and uh, a lot going on at Oklahoma State, uh, plus some news about Dean and uh, your, your moving from Tulsa. Uh, we're going to get into a lot of things after a quick break. All right, Dean, so let's remind people that uh, we've had some beat changes, and we've mentioned this on other podcasts, uh, but just to make sure everybody's up to speed here, you are uh, you you helped out on the beat uh, last fall, but now the OSU beat is 100% yours. You moved to Stillwater this week, actually, so I hope the move went well. Actually, the move happened the day of Alan Bowman, so we'll we'll get into that. But uh, Kelly Hines, who you assisted with last fall, is back on the TU beat. That's familiar territory for her. She covered the hurricane for eight years. Uh, OSU is familiar territory for you. Uh, recent OSU graduate, you know, you you certainly know your, uh, you know, you're only 15 years old, but you certainly know your way around uh, OSU football. So, uh, uh, okay. So speaking of podcasts, uh, Bill Haston uh, had Dean Blevins on his podcast earlier this week, Dean, and uh, asked uh, Mr. Blevins a really good question, and I want to ask you the same question. Is what's going on at OSU, it, would you consider it more of like a rough patch for OSU that they'll kind of eventually get through, or are they in like full-on crisis mode? You know, I think it's hard to to look at somebody like Mike Gundy, who's been doing this for 18 years, and say, this is full-blown crisis, he's not going to be able to come back from it. With that said, I think we're, we're looking at something that's a bit more than just a rough patch, a, a bump in the road, because while you've lost 16 starters, or 16 players, um, you know, I don't think that's the number that we should be paying attention to, 16 scholarship players, because in any locker room, in any football organization across the country, by the time season ends, you're going to have a handful of disgruntled players. And maybe disgruntled is not the right word there, Patrick, but just players looking for, for something new, uh, uh, change of scenery. Um, and, and so that's what I think you're seeing there. The concerning part is how many of those guys are starters and had starting jobs. Um, that, to, that to me is where I say it's not just regular, what, what regular roster turnover is going to look like in the transfer portal, the NIL era, because while those numbers are probably pretty similar to what other schools are going through, and, and we've written about that, the, the quality of player that, that, teams are losing is not equal to what OSU is. They, they tend to, they've had guys who have been established, who have had several years or at least a year starting who are saying, I'm going to go see what else is out there. And, and to me, that's where the concern should start. And so that's why I say this is not just some rough patch for them, but I wouldn't put it in that full-blown crisis just yet because I think OSU is being proactive in the portal just as much as they are losing uh, players I think they put together a, a solid, maybe solid is being a little generous, but they have some guys in this upcoming recruiting class too that I think could really stick around and, and do that, do what OSU is so good at in, in bringing in the freshmen and developing them for a couple of years. And then as a junior, senior, they're starting. And by the end of their time in store, people love them. I think they have a couple of those guys in this in this recruiting class um, despite the, the rankings of it being so low. So I don't say full-blown crisis. I don't say rough patch. I say we're somewhere in the middle at the current moment. That's pretty much what Dean Blevins told uh, Bill for the most part. He, he kind of said the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Um, but he said that 
it it could maybe go into a crisis if certain things aren't aren't done. Uh, but he sort of echoed what you just said, and, and you know, and that's kind of that's kind of life, right? Usually, the truth is somewhere in the middle of, of two extremes. So it, it's um, okay. You mentioned sixteen players. Um, have you done much comparison nationally? How how does is that a lot? Is that far more than some? Like, we're give me some perspective on what losing sixteen players means. So yeah, if, if we look at this nationally, you're probably higher up than you'd want to be in this category. I think uh, they were sitting around top ten ish in uh, Division One football. Um, I haven't looked at that number in a couple of days, and so it's probably fluctuating. And now that football is finally over, you know, you're seeing some people. I mean, think about this, Patrick. There have been multiple people leave TCU who just played for a national championship. You know, I think sometimes it's easy to look at the transfer portal and people leaving and say something is wrong with that program. Something is terribly wrong when really there's always going to be people who want to see if the grass is green. I know that was the the whole thing. You had some former players saying, oh, the grass is going to be green, is, is greener once you leave OSU and that turned into the whole thing. But sometimes players just need that. Uh, when I talked to Brock Martin the other day. You know, he said some people need to get closer to family. Some people need to get further away from family. Some people have put in their time and it's just not worked out and they want to go just – a change in scenery you know for well I guess it's for some of these kids they'll five years of eligibility but that's a very short amount of time Patrick especially when you have everybody wanting to go up to the NFL five years to prove yourself is not a lot of time and so people are going to try to make the most of that time and if they feel like they can't do it at a school they now have the opportunity to go somewhere else and do it and so Hey, I, I think this thing, the, this NIL and transfer portal, it's going to be peaks and valleys. And I think right now, OSU's in a valley. And who knows, next year they could be peaking with it. Well, it, only time will tell there. So 16, to answer your question, yes, 16 is higher than you would want to be. It is a probably still a top 10 number. Um, so a little high. What What's the highest you've seen? Uh, so when I looked a couple of days ago, it was Texas A&M with 27. Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Um, okay, well, you brought up a good point about, you know, they're, they're losing a lot in the portal, but they're also gaining some in the portal, too. Um, let's talk about the significance of adding Alan Bowman. So, yeah, this is, this is the big one that uh... – or this was the position everybody was kind of sitting on pins and needles to see what they were going to do. And uh, so, yeah, this situation was crazy for me because so the news broke Monday at four. I was moving at that time. And the, the night before, Patrick, I'd written up a, a, a story of as so, they, so the whole target all offseason long was Brennan Armstrong. And, uh, and and getting him the Virginia quarterback, he was always kind of tied to Oklahoma State. He ends up going to NC State. Um, on Saturday evening. So Sunday, I decided I'm going to write a story who are, you know, the top five targets left in the in the portal at quarterback that OSU could get. So I typed that all up. And then Alan Bowman happens, and, and now we have th this whole story about him. Um, and so it fit, he's such an interesting prospect, I think, right now, just because 
he starts at Texas Tech and he has a great first year under Cliff Kingsbury and then Matt Wells comes in and he he dealt with some injuries there Patrick I'm not going to say he's a he's an iron man here and and he's played all these games he's shown promise when he's played he's also been injured uh each of those three seasons in in uh, Lubbock and he, he makes the transfer to Michigan and Michigan's got a quarterback battle and he kind of ends up on the third string uh in that third string spot for two years and you know throws about five or six passes for 70 yards so got this guy who proved his talent really young and then he kind of just sits in the background for two years and now he's going to step into a situation where he's going to be unless something crazy happens the day one starter because he's the only experienced guy that they're going to have in that quarterback room because he's now been around for five seasons so I assume he has one year of eligibility left but with all those injuries, I don't know if he's got medical red shirts. I'm still trying to figure all that out. He at least has one year left. And, and so he's going to, I think, provide a very important role for OSU this year in being a bridge for these younger quarterbacks, Garrett Rangel, Zane Flores, uh, Gunnar Gundy even, to let them have one more year to develop. And then I think it's going to be you hand the keys over to one of them the following year. So you brought up Garrett Rangel, and when Kelly Hines and I were doing this podcast this season, uh, granted he's young, got a, a lot of growing to do, and you know he was kind of offensive line had some issues. So all that being said, do you like the promise of a Garrett Rangel? Like where 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 are you on him? I think you always have to have promise when you've got somebody like Garrett Rangel who's got the size and he's shown the arm. You know, if we go back, so with, you know, let's not, not to mince words here, Patrick, but he did not have a great game against Wisconsin. He did not look the part in the bowl game for OSU. Um, but he still, he still had, you know, he looked decent against West Virginia when they played. Um, some people might not like that I said that. Some people might have hated that performance. Um, they had a chance to win that there at the end with a true freshman quarterback uh, against Kansas. He made some throws. He made some very rookie mistakes against Kansas. And I think when you put the a quarterback like that, you put their feet to the fire, it's not going to be a finished product, even if he starts next year, even if they didn't go out and get Alan Bowman and, and they said, all right, Garrett, as a true sophomore, you're starting. There's still going to be those mistakes. You know, I, I always look back at, you know, people killed Spencer Sanders his first couple of years for all the mistakes he made. And by the time he became a finished product and he looked great and he hit the transfer portal, you know, people were upset. People were missing him. They they knew how important he was. And so I think, especially at the quarterback position, I think just in football, in general, it's, a, it's true for football in general, but I think especially at the quarterback position, patience is everything. And so I think if you're patient, and I think this move bringing in Alan Bowman is somewhat of a sign of being patient with Garrett Rangel and Zane yeah. Flores. Um, the problem is now, Patrick, you would hope that none of these guys decide next year, well, I'm going to go test out the portal now. That's that's now the, the fight that is college football. Um, so all in all, I, I think it's a smart move for OSU. It, it's probably not the guy they – had number one on the big board, but I think it fits for what they want to do. And hey, he's proven he's, he can be good. And now here's his, here's another chance for him. 
That, that's a good point. Alan Bowman buys you the patience. You'd think it buys you the patience for those other guys that you're that you're talking about. That's a good point. Um, okay, you brought up Spencer Sanders. Let, let's get into that a little bit. There's, I, I don't know if it started on Twitter. I mean, every, everything starts on Twitter, right? Like all the crazy rumors that that tends, twi Twitter and message boards. Um, there's rumors out there that he wanted to come back. Gundy said no. Um, what what I know you asked around about that. What where's where's reality here? You know, and and at the current moment, Twitter is, is probably not the place you want to be when it comes to uh, figuring out what's going on in the OSU program because it tends to just create more problems than solve some. Uh, it's easy to create a rumor; it's hard to dispel it. Um, but as far but as be, but let me um, let me interrupt, Dean. But to be but to be fair. Spencer has been tweeting on his own in sort of some cryptic tweets. So while we talk about rumors and all that, he's he's sort of adding to it a little bit, <laughs> isn't he? Yes. yes, he is. All right. Um, so, okay. Sorry to interrupt. So, yeah, when we talk about Twitter nonsense and all that, sometimes the, the players kind of have their role in it as well. So sorry to interrupt. Take it over. No, I, I think just in this age – you know, you hear some things and, and it's hard to figure out what all is true. I think the fact that Spencer Sanders has not signed anywhere could could play into that that rumor. Um, there's, of course, that. But as for him actually wanting to have, have come back, you know, I haven't heard anything. Nobody's really told me anything there. Um, but that's just one of many rumors, I think, that me and you have seen over the past week or two, Patrick, that just kind of make you either shake your head or say, well, if that's true, then, you know, there's always that and, and there's always all that going on. But I think it just – Brock Martin always said, said told me something interesting, and, and he said, when you play into these rumors and you have these rumors and you have all these people wanting to be insiders and know what's going on, Brock always – Brock told me, he's like, you know, People fail to realize how that affects, that makes the fan base look online. He said it, it can put people in tough situations. And, you know, he said, if you're a recruit and you're seeing all that, what would you think in that situation? When you see this fan base going crazy, attacking one another, it's it's such an interesting thing, Patrick, because 10 years ago, none of this happened, really. You don't you didn't have a Twitter forum to, to be having all this discourse on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, Dean, let's take a quick break and let's talk a little women's basketball. All right. So uh, pretty significant win last night for uh, I say last night, you and I are taping this on a Thursday, Thursday morning. Uh, pretty good win for Coach Hoyt and company last night over number 18 Baylor at Baylor. Nonetheless, um, what's going on with the Cowgirl basketball team? Yeah, you know, it, it's such an interesting thing what Hoyt's been able to do because as we just spent about 15 minutes talking about OSU losing in the transfer portal, this Cowgirls team is built through the portal. 11 players uh, came through the portal last season. They've got some girls who can really shoot the ball. They got a Lior Garzan. I, I mean, I think seeing her play, I've been out to a couple of those games, Patrick. She, she really is a great offensive player. I think Hoyt's kind of 
just just revitalize, just giving a little facelift to the program. And it shows when you can go in and, and beat somebody like Baylor. And speaking of Baylor, Patrick, uh, they have a, they just picked up a mid-year transfer. Uh, her eligibility is still to be determined. Um, but she's this, she's a six, five center, six, seven center from Baylor, uh, who also went to LSU. And so that's something I think OSU's always needed is that, that, you know, five spot down low to, to protect the paint. And now that they've got that all, all on paper, I mean, I think this is a tournament team, Patrick. I really do. Good deal. You know, when I, uh, when I was in school at OSU, the, the first thing I ever covered was women's basketball. Um, didn't have a clue what I was doing, learned on the fly. So, uh, and then when I worked at the news press, I covered them again. So I've always got a little soft spot for Oklahoma State women's basketball and kind of always, always like to see them doing well. So uh, it's good to see what they're 12 and four now, unranked, but 12 and four. Uh, so it's good to, good to see them doing well. Uh, and like you said, there, there's something to be said for new energy uh, in a program with a coach. They just, it, they're just, you know, sometimes you just need new energy, and and that can go that can go a long way. And like you said, so does grabbing eleven players out of the portal. That that can go a long <laughs> way as well. Uh, hey, one thing I wanted to point out: we were talking about Brock Martin uh, earlier. Uh, you had a good interview with Brock, to, and you guys sort of got into the the OSU culture and, you know, is there a culture problem at, at OSU? Uh, and of course, Brock is, you know, kind of uniquely qualified to comment on that with what he's meant to the program and how long he's been around. So uh, I encourage anybody to go check out that story. It's online. If you, if you, if you hadn't seen it, uh, it was real nice of uh, Brock to kind of offer some perspective because, you know, sometimes players don't often want to do that. You know, they don't really want to talk about you know, important stuff, if you will. So uh, appreciate him talking with you. And, and it was a good story and um, a story that if you're an OSU follower, you need to check out. Um, so Dean, you've been in Stillwater. Now, granted, you, you lived there as a student for a couple of years, but now as a, now that you're adulting, uh, as the kids say, you're, uh, you're back in Stillwater. You've been there since Monday. Um, Kind of give me give me something on that. You know, sometimes we, we've had beat writers in the past, not many, but a couple who've been based in Stillwater. Uh, Eli Letterman was for a year. Now he's in Norman. Now you're back in Stillwater. Um, just kind of won't you tell people kind of what that brings to our coverage uh, as you look to kind of reengage with the OSU beat? Yeah, you know, I think uh, I think it's just vital where whatever you're covering, you want to be in the backyard of it twenty four seven because. I mean, let's be real. News is going to break, Patrick. Big news is going to break. It's inevitable that news like that is just going to come and to be five steps away from it or rather than, you know, or they put the drive to, from Soda to Tulsa at about an hour 15 these days. Yeah, you know, yeah. To go to go from hour 15 to five minutes, um, you know, that's crucial in, in moments like that. And, hey, it's a lot easier to get out there and, and get, content and get coverage for people who rely on us for that it's easier to get out there every day and and just going over to osu and see what's going on and, and you you know have that ability and it's a unique ability i think that gives you the ability to do some great stuff and and so that's why what i love about being able to be in the backyard rather than being an hour away and you know i i hope it reflects in our coverage 
Yeah, and especially this time of year, right, Dean? I mean, football is the monster that it is in the fall, and it's very regimented. And you know, it just it just you have the immediate availabilities when you have them, and there's not much else. That's just kind of what it is for everybody. Um, but this time of year, you know, with men's basketball, women's basketball, wrestling, you know, softball be starting up soon enough. Uh, I would imagine being in Stillwater lets you multitask a lot a lot easier than being in Tulsa. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. Is it so? Is it different being a graduate working as a professional living in Stillwater as opposed to when you were a student there? Like, is does your you're still a young guy? Like, what you know what I mean? Like, what's it like to, to be being a professional in your college town? Oh, it's it's an interesting feeling. Uh, not to say that there's not stuff you enjoy as a college student that you can still enjoy as a professional. Um, but no, there's definitely a different feel. Uh, but I think that might just be being a professional all of a sudden is still a new feeling to me and, and getting used to that and not going to class anymore. These are all things that I'm not used to. And, and so I think that plays into just the new feel of things because when I think of Stillwater, Oklahoma, I think of so where do I need to be at 9 a.m.? What class am I taking? Do we have a test today? That's what I think of when I'm sitting at home in store, Oklahoma, compared to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, I went I went to work back, you know, 100 years ago for a, a, about a year and a half at Enid as my first job. Uh, really enjoyed it. Not not a bad place, Enid, and, and pretty good paper um, at the time. I haven't seen it in 10 years. But um, then I moved back to work in Stillwater and was a little bit like, a little bit older than you. Um, but still in my twenties and it was, it was a completely different feeling just, just in your own mind, being a professional in your college town versus at least, at least for me. So anyway, well, I know we're all excited that you're in Stillwater for all the reasons that you said. Um, so we're filming this on a Thursday. What, what else you got coming on the weekend? What, what stories you got coming up that people can uh, look forward to? Well, I've got one, Patrick. I don't know if I can show my hand on this one, but uh, Sunday, pick up the Sunday paper. If you if you want to read a good, solid OSU story, pick up that Sunday paper. Um, we're going to have something I don't think anybody else is going to have, Patrick. Uh, so so I implore everybody to go out there or, or be checking the inter interwebs around Saturday afternoon when we have that up online and then Sunday in print. Um, so I'll say that. And then we've got some hoops. We've got two good hoop games coming up on uh, Saturday, Patrick. We got uh, the men. The men's basketball is playing uh, Baylor in Waco. And then the women are playing TCU at home. So we're going to have two solid games there. And wrestling is up in New York City this weekend. So there's all kinds of stuff going on, Patrick. Good deal. The news right. never ends. That's right. All right. Well, Dean, appreciate the knowledge. As always, uh, you can check us out for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. Uh, we also have some other really good podcasts you can check out. Uh, I mentioned Bill Hasten's podcast earlier. He spoke to Dean Blevins this week. That was really good. Dean's Dean's been around. Dean's sharp. He's. It was really good to, to listen to him and Bill kind of talk. And they're friends, too. So it was kind of fun to see them going back and forth. Uh, on the so. And Bill also had a recent interview with Kevin Wilson, the new TU coach. If you're interested in that, uh, Kelly Hines and I are talking to you. And of course, Eli Letterman and Eric Bailey have the OU podcast, and I believe they're recording this afternoon. So uh, if you're into the Sooners, check them out. Dean, appreciate all the knowledge. We'll talk next week. Of course.